Trey Ford here, quarterback number five for the Waterloo Warriors, and you're listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today we're continuing with the series of episodes we're doing in support of the Ontario Football Alliance's Greatness Academy. Today, highlighting a member of the football community that exemplifies the OFA's pillar, first pillar, which is excellence. And there are a few people, at least in terms of current players in the league, that exemplify excellence better than Trey Ford. Trey, how are you doing today, man? Uh, fantastic. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, you know, I want to get into some questions about kind of football in Ontario. You've been, you know, you've seen it at every level you've played at and you've excelled. And I, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on the things you think uh, work, the things that have helped you get to where you are, and also just maybe what you want to, where you see it growing in the future. But from the last time uh, you and I talked, and Dakota's with us last time as well, um, there was a few things that hadn't been solidified in terms of this upcoming OUA season. Uh, I was listening back to it, and you know, you, you you pretty much nailed everything on the head. Even though you said you were you know guessing, I'm I'm sure you had you know a strong uh, sense of where things were going. But we got it: the two East-West divisions, six game schedule, the repeat game against Laurier. Um, so let, let's get into it. Um, what sort of since this became you know came down to fru- came to fruition? What sort of thoughts have you had about the way that this season's going to go down? Um, I actually don't mind. I think it's going to be uh, you know a great season still for all teams, regardless of COVID. Uh, we are only playing six games. Definitely would have liked to still play eight and just play more of a variety of the league. But um, I feel like we got one of the harder schedules too, which uh, I'm actually grateful for. I'd rather have a harder schedule than a light one just to get a better feel for the league and how it's going to be. Um, I definitely think they're going to be some strong teams, but, uh, I believe we're going to be, I believe we're going to be the top team. So, well, I mean, going through the schedule real quick. So I have it in front of me, starting at home against Windsor, then a three game road trip going Laurier, McMaster, Guelph, and then back home to close out the schedule Western and then Laurier for the second game there. And, you know, a lot of people might look at Windsor as being the soft spot on that schedule, but you look at the last few years, I think we've talked about this before. I've talked about it with coach bird as well. They always seem to play you tough as well. So no team on here to really write off. Of course, week two, we're getting battle of Waterloo. Um, Dakota and I talked about this when we did our way too early prediction show for how we thought the 2021 season was going to go. And we were kind of playing around with the idea of does the double Waterloo Laurier matchup the same way that we have the double York Toronto, the double Ottawa and Carlton matchup in your eyes. And we'll obviously have a better idea of this in, you know, two, three months time. Does that intensify the relationship or does it in some ways water it down from, you know, this once a year? Cause unfortunately we haven't seen it as a playoff matchup yet in recent years, but this one time a year matchup battle of Waterloo uh, now getting that twice, does that make it more intense? Do you think for the rivalry or does it water it down at all? Um, I'm not quite sure to be honest. I think it would make it a little bit more, but like personally, like I know we're right around the corner, but it's not a huge rivalry game for me. Like I know a decent amount of guys on their team. They're all great guys. So um, yeah, like for me, it's not a huge rivalry, but I guess for the schools it is. But yeah, no, I just I'm looking forward to playing them twice. So it'll be good. Uh, both teams are probably going to make some very good adjustments from the first game. So should be good games both games. And there may have been a rumor flo- floating around that it was supposed to be you guys in Western playing twice, but perhaps uh, someone made uh, that disappear on the schedule. I don't know if uh, they didn't want to see you guys twice or who knows what's going on there. But what uh, you know, how excited are you for seeing them pop up on the schedule? Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be great to get another shot at them and. 
I honestly, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a possibility. I always thought, I always thought there it was going to be two games with Laurier. That's what I heard from the beginning. But um, maybe it was supposed to be double Western, which would have been great too. I'm either one I would have been happy with. Well, if it's anything like a repeat of last year, we get the Western matchup in season, and then we get the rematch in the playoffs. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, you know, for me, looking at that West division, I see you and Mac just looking at it from this standpoint as the two top dogs in there. But as you mentioned, when we spoke, you know, a month or so, a couple months ago, it's just uh, it, it's just littered with talent all across the board on there. Um, the last thing I kind of want to talk to you about in terms of this upcoming season is just the sort of mentality of being a team that for the last few years maybe this flipped a bit in 2019 you know you've got you guys have been the team that's been chasing right that up-and-coming team that's you know you're going after the westerns the max of the world now you guys you know you're not catching anyone by surprise to say the least does that change the mentality at all from being the team chasing to now being one of the teams being chased um no not really i mean it's always good you know i feel like it's always good to be an underdog where there are no expectations and it's easy to, to, to succeed. But uh, now I feel like we do have like that target on our back. So we have to take like, as a team, we have to take the extra step. We can't be, you know, satisfied with, you know, playing a close game with somebody. Now we have to be satisfied with winning the games. I feel like it just pushes our, uh, our ceiling a little bit higher. And I have to imagine too, with the six game schedule, you know, it seems like every year there's a lot of, weird tiebreaker things when it comes to uh, the playoffs and with six games and the way that it's going to go down. I imagine, you know, getting every single point you can and keeping every single point of the opposing team off the board is going to be very important when it comes down to playoff seating, even though I don't think your team's going to have any problem with playoff seating in this coming year. But nonetheless, I think with the six games, it makes it very interesting. Mm. Uh, So let's slide in a little bit towards um, the the OFA side of things and this idea of excellence and, and just football in Ontario. For yourself, you know, like we said, sort of having had success at every level, having shown excellence in, you know, all steps of football, getting uh, you to where you are right now. What are the things that you find uh, as far as that are in place in football, in Ontario and football um, that have really helped you get there? What are some of the things that you think could improve from what you've learned from, say, people you met out of province or stateside, just certain tools that you think could help the development of this game and for the next ge- the generations to come of players to, you know, get to that next step? Um, so one thing I definitely think is uh, uh, I personally try to take in everybody's input uh, from coaching and even just spectators to try to see, like, what flaws are in my game. And I try to um, improve on the ones that I can. Obviously, if somebody says I'm too short to play quarterback, can't really do much about my height, but <laughs> – it is what it is. Somebody says, oh, I, I can't make this throw. I'll practice that throw. I'll work on that. And you just always keep on trying to improve on the little things and just get better every single day. And then on top of that, I feel like you have to do what you can to make the people around you better as well. So it's not all about you going out there and having a great game. It's all about you getting getting your lineman to play a little bit better, helping your center out, making him get a little bit better, uh, helping coach up receivers, running the routes properly so you can get them the ball on time. And just making your whole team around you better because that makes you a better team overall. In terms of then sort of more institution side of things, like whether it's uh, like football camps or just different clinics or combines, things like that to help showcase talent. When you kind of look at the things that you had access to, whether it was 
you know, getting that feedback from different coaches, whether those are at camps or, or wherever that might have been, not just at games, um, to any combine or events you might have attended. What are the things that you think um, or in, what do you think are the things that are improving in those directions? And what are some things that, you know, maybe it's a bit down the line, but could just help further showcase and just really you know, help identify talent uh, at a young age, you know, and be able to help grow players the way that in the States, you know, they're able to find yeah. these top talented players so young and really get the best out of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for that, I mean, there is a, there is camps out there that you can go to, which obviously camps definitely help. Uh, I feel like they have to switch the way they do camps and stuff as well, because I know like me personally with my brother, I think we went to a Mac camp once and then a Waterloo camp once, but um, like we were slightly lower income. Uh, so some people can't afford those, like they can't afford to play travel ball. They can't afford to go to camps and stuff. So if they can develop something that helps those lower income families get out there and do things, because we mostly just played high school and we were some of the top athletes coming out and we didn't really play. We played one year of Spears, which was like Niagara travel but we didn't play a ton of things to get our name out there as well as like, uh, like didn't do like football North or team Ontario just cause it was, it was too expensive. So like it was harder to get those looks down South too. And like some kids go to a prep school, which definitely helps get looks from D one schools and stuff and, you know, expand football, but not everybody's able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I was never uh, a team Ontario prospect just out of a pure lack of talent on my end. But as I, you know, you got, as I got into university and all that, a lot of that was dispelled from meeting people on team Ontario who had a, you know, who had those experiences, whether, and and not a shot at anyone who played that, but you did hear a lot of people say that, well, oh, he's got the team Ontario sticker on his bag or his helmet. It's like, well, in a lot of cases you're just paying for that. Or at least you have to. So definitely that barrier that um, there's a bit of a barrier on entry there that uh, I think uh, you kind of hit the nail on uh, the nail on the head Um, in terms of then just the growth moving forward. I mean, what would you want to be able to see? Obviously, more access to different camps and combines or clinics, anything like that. Um, But is there anything that you've seen or just from your time at Waterloo or just, you know, involvement with CFL camps that you think would really help then grow the game and in a way that was more accessible for everyone? Uh, yeah, I think they could start off, like, if each team, you know, reached out, like, each OUA team and funded, like, an invitational camp or something, just to host something, you know, get people on campus and stuff, just, you know, kind of build school spirit, get high school kids out to come check it out. Kind of had to figure out something financially, but try to make it extremely low as possible just to get as much people out. And then you can start picking kids from there you know, like the better kids or whatever, and eventually meet up in kind of like a OUA all-star kind of combine camp kind of thing. Uh, I think that'd be ideal too. And like, if you get invited, like kind of cut the price because you're just trying to filter out the the better kids and like see the kids that are actually going to be able to play at the next level. Uh, I think that's one way of going about it. But I mean, I don't personally know how that would work out financially. Uh, but you just have to try to give people a chance to compete at a high level for athletes that are high level. And even if they can't pay for it, it's better to try to get everybody out there to see where even the other kids fit in too. So they can get a, like a full look at where they are. Oh, absolutely. And you know, that's the only way to really get as much talent. I mean, we see it to kind of cross sports. You hear it talked about in the NBA now where the sort of globalization of the game has made it, has gotten it to a point where, you know, you win the NBA championship, 
people say it's like you are truly the best in the world because they're truly pulling the best of the best from all corners yeah. of the earth and it's the same thing when we're just talking about here in Canada or here just Ontario where if we're not actually getting the best pool of players and giving them access to those things to be able to develop you know who knows uh, if we miss out on another Trey Ford or the next whatever top talent that uh, you know can come around and change the game the way that you have and the way that you've no doubt inspired young uh, young men and young women I'm sure in the Waterloo area and back home in Niagara to become the best version of themselves and uh, become excellent in their own way. Uh, Trey, thank you so much for hopping on with me today. I really appreciate it. And uh, man, can't wait for uh, game one and uh, through game six and whatever else comes for you guys this year. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon, eh? Yeah, have a good day.